Amen. We're heading into a very, can you believe it? We're in, we're like, we're almost one-twelfth of the year over already. Can you believe that, how fast time goes? That's why it's so important to relish the moments and to take advantage of every moment. So we're in a series called More in 24. And my message is simply entitled uh, this morning, We Were Meant for More. We Were Meant for Much More. So let's pray. Let's, let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Thank you for the Word of God. Uh, let, truly, let's, let this Word go beyond our soul, our, our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions, go right deep into our spirit. Let it be the double-edged sword that separates what is soul from spirit, what is what man, what we would think in our own minds, and, uh, and compared to what you want to say by the Spirit this morning. So let it be your Spirit that penetrates deep the Word of God into our soul this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Meant for more. Meant for more. You know, I was thinking about how many different voices uh, there are speaking to us in this world. There are so many voices that are in our, in our head that are competing for our, our belief systems. And you think about some of these voices. There's, there's the voice of our hopes and our dreams. Uh, then there's the voice of our past. Or maybe there's the voice of your parents or your siblings or your co-workers or, or your friends. All kinds of different voices. But the question is, who does God say you are? Who does God say you are? Good news? The answer is clearly defined and, and spelled out in God's word. But I say, and, and once, but here's what happens. But once, you're, once you start to get your head and your heart around what God says you are, that's when the battle begins. That's when the battle begins. But if you want to experience all that God has promised you, you've got to let that voice of God win the battle in your mind. Amen? So many voices, but there's a battle that goes, goes around. And I say, even right now, if you think you're not even, maybe you, you're not living up to, in, in your, up to your full potential, I want you to know this. God wants you to know this. You were meant for more. You were meant to be an overcomer. You were, were meant to win the battles of life. So hold on to what God says about you and don't let anyone take that voice away. Amen? <clears throat> Genesis chapter 29. Jacob speaks words over all his sons. He's at near the end of his life. He's 147 years old. Genesis 49 verse 1. Then Jacob called together all his sons and said, Gather around me, and I will tell you what will happen to each of you in the days to come. Come and listen, you sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Now, Jacob had 12 sons who would become the 12 tribes of Israel. And he calls all his sons together, and he begins to prophesy God's word over their lives, which is so good because the Father is speaking identity and future into his children. Can we see that? He's speaking powerful words, powerful words, something for them to look forward to, something for them to live up to. 
And he's reminding them of themselves concerning their destiny. And he's giving them words to remember because there will be tough times ahead in their life. There will be hard, difficult times. Times, things will get rough. Life at times will be hard. So he begins to prophesy. He starts with Reuben. And he goes on to Simeon, Levi, Judah, Zebulun, Issachar, Dan. And then he gets to his boy named Gad. And I want us, and this, this word that was spoken over Gad, I want to bring it forth today because I think this is a word that Holy Spirit is highlighting and wants to be relevant to us today. Focus on this word to Gad. Verse 19, Father Jacob says this over his son Gad. Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. Let's read that again. Gad, a a troop, shall overcome you, but he shall overcome at the last. When his mother gave him that name Gad, what she was seeing and anticipating was all the troubles, all the trials that were going to come into her son's life. And it would be like a troop tramping him down. And here Jacob is prophesying to his son Gad, it will seem life is going to be it's going to seem like an army troop is going to tra- is tramping you down. But in the end, you will win. You will win. Because, because you were not born to be defeated. You were not born to be depressed all the days of your life. You were not born to be destroyed by the things that come into your life. You were not, be- you know, the... Yeah, it's like God is saying to him, this is not your, you know, even things like addiction and abuses, these things, although they may seem to be triumphing over you at the moment, listen, this is not your future. This is not your destiny. In the end, you will overcome. Amen? And you will fulfill the purpose for which you were created if you press into God. Amen? You know, I sense God is speaking this word to me. He's speaking it to you. And he wants us to declare these words. There is more for me in 24. Can you say that? Agree with me? There is more for me in 24. There's more for me. God is more for you in 24. When Jacob prophesied these words over his son, what was he doing? He was, a, he was literally painting a picture of their future. He was prophesying. Their potential. And, and, and literally, what he's doing, he's, this is his, it's his very last words to his children, to his sons. And the Bible says, at the end of it, when he's done prophesying over 12 of his boys, what does he do? He leans on his staff, he worships, worships, and he dies. He dies. But listen, what a model for us today. What a model for us in a fatherless generation. When fathers can actually speak identity, blessing into their children's life. God has given us power as parents, amen, to speak identity, purpose, direction into their life. No matter what the enemy sees, you can speak God's voice into their lives. That's so good, isn't it? That's so powerful. And we can do that because there are times that are going to come into our kids' lives and my grandkids' lives. I'm going to tell you, 
It's going to be tough. Life is going to be tough. And you're going to have to lean into God with courage and faith to see the goodness of God. Even in the darkest valley of life, valleys of life, God's goodness is there for you. Amen? It's there. Praise the Lord. Just like Joseph. Joseph was one of the 12 sons. And you know what? If you, if you read the life of Joseph, what he went through? Betrayal, prison, misunderstanding, injustice, difficult circumstances, setbacks, disappointments. And what happened to him after all? After, after, after the end of it all, Joseph said about his life and the times that he had gone through. And after his brothers had betrayed him, what did he say? He said, the things... You meant for evil. God turned around for my good. Not for your, for my good. That's what he said. Genesis 50, 20. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Which is why we say, your future doesn't happen to you. Your future happens through you. And when it looks like you're losing, that's the time you need to remind yourself of the good words that God has spoken over your life of all the prophetic words, the prophecies that God has spoken over your life. Just like Paul reminded his spiritual son, Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.18, he said, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. He said, Timothy, use your prophecies as weapons of warfare. War with the words spoken over your life. Remind yourselves of what God said about you and your destiny and your future. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 to 3. Paul says to the Corinthians, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Holy Spirit. How many of you desire gifts of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, good. Desire them more. He said, eagerly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But he goes on to say, what? Especially what? Prophecies. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They, un they utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their what? For their strengthening for their encouraging, and for their comfort. Boy, do we need those three things today. Do people in the world ever need those today? It's what they're looking for. Such a powerful gift, this gift of prophecy. And every single one of you, are you saved today? Do you have Holy Spirit in you? Then you can prophesy. You've got to eagerly desire, and you've got to start ministering to people, encouraging people. What is pro prophecy is not telling somebody where they're going to live in the next 10 years, who, who they're supposed to, to marry. We're not talking. We're talking about just using your voice and the words that God wants to speak to you, encourage people, strengthen people, and to comfort people. Such a powerful gift because of, the, because of those purposes. And I believe what we need right now is a revival of spiritual gifts in our church. And maybe one of them is especially the gift of prophecy. But we need them all. And I believe we're going to see that happen. But it starts with us. We're the ones that God, we're the vessels. God wants to speak 
encourage, strengthen, and comfort other people through you. And it's not a big deal. It's a simple heart saying, God, use me to minister to people, to help people. Deuteronomy chapter 29. God is speaking to, through the prophet, through Moses. And Moses is speaking to the second generation of God's people. This is the first generation. If you read your Bible, you see the, 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 the Israel, the people of God, were in bondage under Egypt, under Pharaoh. God delivers them to Moses. They go into the desert. It's a tremendous story, but I leave all the details up. They're in a desert. They're wandering for 40 years. That first generation never entered the promised land. Went through unbelief, disobedience, didn't trust God. Just couldn't get their act together. And so they never made it. Into, in fact, every single one of that first generation died in the desert. Except for Joshua and Caleb and Moses, right? So, Moses is speaking. God is speaking through Moses. And they're ready now to enter into the promised land. They're ready to inherit the promised land. And then God speaks this, these words through Moses to the people. Verse 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But the things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. What God is saying through Moses is this. Don't allow the secret things of life to become the focus of your life. In other words, don't allow the failures, the tragedies, the injustices of life to become the focus of your life. The things that you have no control, they're beyond your circumstances, don't focus on what you can't change. Because if you do, you're giving up your God-given ability. You're giving up your God-given power and authority. And that's the power that you need to win battles in your life. Are you following me? God has given us the power and ability to rise up from the circumstances in our lives and, and to move forward into the destiny that he has called and made for us. Amen? Listen, you were born to win. You were born to win the battles. God is saying, trust me with all that stuff. Stuff you can't change. Stuff that's beyond your circumstances. And just trust me with all that. Instead, start to declare what I've taught you in my word. Declare the powerful promises of God over your life. And then begin to see them come to pass. Because it's by faith. Amen? Proclaim that there will be blessing even in that negative, bad experience that I went through. Don't focus on what you can't change. Focus on what you can change. I believe that we can literally choose our destiny. I, I believe that. I believe we can change our destiny through the choices that we make. You know? And, and one of the greatest privileges that God has given you and I 
is the ability to choose. We are the ones that make the choices in life. God will never force you. God doesn't force you, doesn't force your, your habits, your words, your thoughts. We choose. We choose our words, our thoughts, and our, and our relationships, don't we? And it's true. You're, you are a product of your choices. You're the product of your choices, and you are not a victim of your circumstances. Do you understand that? And, and where you are right now, for the most part, is the result of your choices up to now. And where, and where you will be in your future will be the same. You will be in the places where your choices take you. I love what Zig Ziglar says. He says that life is a result of the choices we make. If you don't like your life, start making better choices. Good word, isn't it? But you know, God says it even better in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. God says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. So powerful, isn't it? Life doesn't just happen to me. I get, to def- I get the opportunity to define it. I get the opportunity to declare what my future is going to be. Amen? I tell you, now I'm preaching to myself. And Karen would say, amen. <laughs> All right. I'm preaching. You know, that is so true. And, and we, we forget that we have these, this ability that God has given us to determine, you know, what kind of life we're going to live. Right? And where, where we're going to go in life and how we're going to serve God, it's all up to us. A lot of it is up to us. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that God is not sovereign. I believe that God is, is, is totally sovereign, but he never imposes his will on us. You know, and we get, the, we get to choose our thoughts, our words, our relationships, our destiny, and our future. And he tell, but he does tell us, make right choices. Make good choices. See, we can enjoy the blessing and the fruit of right choices. You know, and often what in life, we go through life, often what seems like a curse can, can actually be a, a blessing in dis- disguise. You know, what seems like a setback can actually be a setup for a comeback, right? You know, and you, know, and you can declare no matter what I'm going through, I'm setting myself up for a comeback. Comebacks happen in life. Comebacks happen in the natural as well as the spiritual, don't you? Now, now I'm a hockey fan. And my favorite team is the Oilers. Of course. Who else, right? Yeah, come on. <laughs> well, a few of more than a few of us are Oilers fans. But, you know, if you look at, if you're a hockey fan, maybe this doesn't appeal to you, so maybe just, you know, you know just hold on for a couple of minutes. But if you're a hockey fan and you, you look at a, a, a comeback, what a comeback in, in the sports world might be, you have to look at the Edmonton Oilers. The last year they finished really well. They were in, on, in the semifinals. And, and this year, going into this year, they were actually the favorites by the experts to actually win the Stanley Cup. 
And so they said they're going to they're going to start off the season. They're going to be like a blaze of fire. They're going to win games and they're going to be at the top of the league. Just the opposite, major setback. You know, they won, they won two games out of out of the first twelve. They lost like nine games in a row, game after game. What a what a setback! And then they were saying, "Oh, they're never going to make it. Oh, what a failure! What a disgrace! Break up the team, fire the coach, get rid of the goalie." But you know, they made changes but they made the right changes. They hired a new coach. Yeah, they did that. You know, they, 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 they began to work on their defense, specialty teams, penalty killing. Amazing. And you know what? They turned it all around. What was a setback became an incredible comeback. And now, what, what was it? How many, how many games did they just win in a row? 16 games in a row, right? They're sending, no, they're making history. Amen? Listen, if that, if, you know, if that's what can happen in the natural, guess what can happen in the spiritual? Amen? I'm going to tell you, Jesus, Jesus is the author of the comeback, isn't he? He was beaten down. He was betrayed. He was crucified. He was buried. He was downtrodden. He was stomped on. He was trampled on. He was left for dead. But he rose up in the, and, and he, in the greatest comeback ever in all of history. Amen? Jesus is the author. You know, God is the author of comeback. And what does the Bible say about Jesus? He says about us. As he is in this, as, so, as, as he is, so we are in this world. First John 4, 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have the boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so we are in this world. I say perhaps the greatest battle of life for us as believers is just to believe God. Just to believe God. You know, and, and you look at the history of, in, in the Bible, you read your Bible, the, and, and the Old Testament is such a, 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 a good part of the Bible to read because there are so many examples that are relevant for us today. You know, and the, 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 first, the early believers the greatest battle for them was, was for them was when they were in the desert. They had come out of a land of bondage, of not enough. They got into the desert, a land of just enough, just barely making it. But God wanted to take them further into the land of more than enough, a land flowing with milk and honey. But the greatest test for them was, was, you know, to believe God would actually bring them into the promised land and they could drive out all these big giants that, they were, that were there. See, there was a cost for them to enter the promised land. And I would say it was probably the same cost for us to inherit the promises of God. You know what it is? The cost for them to enter the promised land on your PowerPoint is this. Utter belief, utter belief, and dependence upon God. That's, that's, that's what it takes to enter into the promises of God. And the question is, will we follow him? No matter what the cost, will we follow him? You know, I, you know God has blessed us with great power. And our Father in heaven has blessed us with such great potential. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. He gave us power to be sons of God. You know, maybe your earthly father wasn't the greatest father. Maybe he abused you. 
Maybe he abandoned you. Right? But I want to tell you, you know, God is not like our earthly father. And maybe your earthly father didn't encourage you with words, but, you know, but God is saying to you today, it doesn't matter who your earthly father was. It doesn't matter who your earthly father was because now you can believe that you're my son and that you're my daughter and I did not raise you up to be, become a loser. No, I give you a faith to, I give you a faith to believe even for the impossible. A faith that can move mountains if you use it, if you grab hold of it. I give you a, a family to do life and call the church. You will never, ever have to be alone. Amen? You will have friends for life. I give you a future. I give you a plan and a destiny. You know, that's beyond just earthly rewards. It has heavenly rewards. It's called the kingdom of God. Amen? And, and, and all these things that he's given us, that's the truth. That is the truth. The Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times. What does he do? He keeps on getting up. He keeps on getting up. Who's a righteous man? Anyone who's accepted Christ and received forgiveness. You are right with God. Amen? A righteous man will get up seven times, but he keeps on giving. Uh, you know, keeps on getting up. First, First John 5, verse 4. For everyone born of God... Everyone born of God, for everyone born of God, what does he do? Overcomes the world. This is the victory that is to overcome the world, even our faith. You were not born to be trampled upon. You were not born to be downtrodden. You were born to rise up. You were born to rise up. You were called to be higher. The call of God today is this. Come up higher, rise up as wings on eagles. Draw near to God, come closer. And the prophets have said, he will give, give us wings to soar in 2024. Deuteronomy 33, 20, about Gad. He said, blessed he who enlarges Gad's domain. That word enlarges. Blessed is he who assists Gad, who, who encourages Gad who helps Gad. Let me tell you, we need to be encouraging each other in these times. We need to take those who are downtrodden and to lift them up. We need to be lifting each other up, especially in these times. And the prophets are saying that, the, the prophets today are saying that in 2024, there's more for us, but there's also more War, we're going to see more wars. We're going to see more famine. We're going to see some earth-shaking events. There will be a great shaking that is coming upon this earth. And we're going to see the shaking in governments. We're going to see leaders, some leaders literally taken out. We're going to see some wicked governments fall. And, that's, that's, and I believe that, what the prophets are prophesying. We're also going to see a great shaking in this church too as well. And we're going to see, I've heard prophets that some pastors or some leaders in churches are going to be taken right out. And some churches are actually going to be closed, closing because they're heading not in the direction that God wants to take us. Amen? But in the midst of all this, 2024 is a year of the ascension of the church, the rise of the church. Who's the church? You and me. It's us, you and me. 
You know, the prophetic word is that we're heading into a new era, a new era. God is doing a new thing. Like the prophet said, do you see it? God is saying, see it, see it. God's church will be prepared for assignments and callings. God is firing up the remnant, the remnant of people who are serious about God. And he's sending, he's going to call forth, and he's going to send forth five-fold ministers. He's calling forth apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. Ephesians 4.11. It was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be uh, prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the works of ministry and to build up the body of Christ. There will be a partnership with, of the church with the angelic host of heaven. There's going to be a partnership. The supernatural will come into play, is what the prophets are saying. And if you do anything for God, if you do anything for God, Satan hits you. We know that, right? But Jesus is saying, follow me into a supernatural era. Now, I know you say, well, but you say prophets, Pastor but Listen, you know, the prophetic is real. Prophets in the Bible, they're, they're historical. They're fact. God speaks to prophets. And there, today, there are modern-day prophets who hear from, God, from, from the Lord. And, and it's not just hearsay, but they're speaking what they're, what they're truly hearing. I believe they are hearing from God. And, you know, the thing about the, the prophetic, um, it has to come to pass, or it's not God, right? But we're seeing some of the things that, that, that have been prophesied are actually coming to pass and have come, and come to pass precisely of the prophesied. And I can talk to you more about that, but we're not going to get into that. But Jesus is, you know, Holy Spirit is saying, this is the year it begins. That we're going to start to see the Mark 16 signs and wonders. You know when you read your Bible, Mark 16, in my name, they will speak in other tongues. They will pick up dead, you know, snakes. They will drink deadly poisons. They either lay their hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Signs are going to follow. One more scripture about Gad. First Chronicles 12, verse 8. Some Gadites joined David at the strongholds in the wilderness. Mighty men of valor, equipped for battle, who could handle shield and spear, whose faces were like faces of lions and were swift as gazelles on the mountain. And here, God gives us a description of what his people are supposed to be like. They would have faces like lions. What's a lion? A lion is a predator, a hunter. He's focused on the prey. And they have feet like gazelles. They could run into the, ba- into, the, into the battle, but at the same time, they could run from bad, compromising situations. You know, we are living, and it's true, we are living in highly dangerous times. There's so much deception, so much temptation, you know, and it's, at times, we just got to run from compromising situations. Amen? I'll elaborate sometime in another message. Just finishing off, like Gad, like Gad, you were not meant to be downtrodden. You were meant to be an overcomer. You were meant to play, have a part to play in God's great church. Amen? Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? Then give God a praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Thank you, Father. 
Father, I believe with all my heart that this year we're going to see things we've never seen before. We're going to see breakouts. We're going to see your hand move in supernatural ways. But I believe, Lord, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it through your people. And I just thank you that there are vessels that you're going to use for this year and into this next decade. And I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit and your divine ability that you want to inject into your church. And so, see, so I say, Father, thank you today for your word, for your word today. Father, we heard your word. We hear, hear the calling and commission, first of all, to come near to you, to be empowered by you, to be in that place where we have your heart and your mind and your purpose. And we're humbled by being in your presence, Lord. And we hear your call. And Father, I pray that you would open our eyes to see ourselves in the same way that you see us. Thank you for adding us to your family so that we can play a significant part, every single one of us, no matter how old, no matter how young. You've called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. Help us to hear that, see that, realize that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Keep your heads bowed just a minute. Maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching and you've never given your heart fully to Jesus. You've never invited him into your heart. This is the day to make that invitation. This is the day to surrender your life and say, God, my life's no going nowhere. No, I need your life. I give you my life. And then what he'll do is he'll give you a new life, a new start. This is your day. That's you. And you want a new life? You want a new start? You want to know God? in a personal way through his son Jesus. Then open up your heart and your mind and pray this prayer after me. Are you ready for this? You're watching online, you're in person. Repeat these words after me. Say these words right to him. Lord Jesus, thank you for going to the cross, shedding your blood, dying on the cross for me so that all my sins could be forgiven. Father, today, forgive me of all the sins I've committed in my life. And today, Father, I invite you into my heart to be Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.